Hey, what's up everybody? It's Ollie here. I wanted to say a quick hello before this episode started off and give you some very quick news. I wanted to give you a heads up so you know what's going on. So, keeping it nice and short, we're going to move from two episodes a week down to one and we're going to decide very shortly on whether it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday or whatever other day of the week we're going to keep publishing on. I want to keep it nice and consistent for everybody so that you know what's coming and when. Nothing about the episode's going to change, just we're working on a couple of things that we're really excited about. We want to bring you guys uh, very soon, but we're just going to need to adjust the publishing schedule a little bit. So I just want to give you a little heads up. If you're enraged and upset about that, please drop us a voice note on Anchor FM. I didn't know you could do this. Pretty cool, but uh, head to our Anchor FM page. You'll be able to hit voice note. Send us uh, your opinion, your thoughts, any feedback you have on the show at all. I'd love to hear it. And uh, that's all from me for now. Let's get into the episode. Thanks. Welcome to the Zero to Five Million Dollar Podcast. I'm Sean Finger, and I'm with my co-host, Ollie Whitfield. This show is brought to you by AutoClose, a vanilla soft company. Ollie, why don't you introduce today's guest and uh, what we're going to be talking about today? You're in for a treat today, everybody. Today's guest, he can do it all. He can do sales. He can do marketing. He can do prospecting. He can do support, success. He can build. He can promote. He can build inbound. You name it, he's probably done it. And for the most part, I've seen him do many of these things. So um, Blake Johnson's on the show. How you doing, man? I'm doing really great. I think you might have been a little gracious with your introduction there. But, you know, I'll, I'll take it. I try not to embellish too much. But, you know, uh, for mo- for the most part, that's that's what I've seen. So um, for those who don't know you too well, why don't you give us a bit of background on yourself? And then once we've done that, maybe we start with where did your company, Outbound View, start? How did you get to that point? For sure. Yep. So a little bit of background. I've been in sales marketing capacity or running startups, you know, over the past 15 years. Outbound View, we're about three and a half years old now. uh, And we really focus in on uh, inside sales consulting. And the majority of what we do is outsource sales development. So anything related to prospecting and outreach, calling people, email, kind of everything there, uh, that's where we focus. Uh, to, To answer your initial question, we started purely in the consulting space. So going in and helping companies set up an inside sales infrastructure and hire and train the right people. So, uh, you know, just to get started, maybe tell us, you know, it, it's been three and a half years. Has the, has the service changed from, you know, the day one to what it is today? I mean, sales is always changing. Marketing is always changing. So how did your company have to change? And I'm sure you guys had some, uh, some changes last year with everything that was going on in the world as well. For sure. I mean, we've had a lot of change. Uh, When we first started Outbound View, I was convinced we were not starting an outsourced sales development company. It was like, we will not do appointment setting. And then we just built the systems and we realized like, it's actually quite a bit easier to scale that than it is to scale a consulting company and find people who really know inside sales. So it has changed quite a bit. What we do today is a lot more refined than it was a year ago and way more refined than it was two years ago. I think what what we have the benefit of seeing is prospecting across a lot of different industries and just bringing those things together as uh, everybody needs to do this. Some people need to do a little bit of that and, you know, kind of figuring out what works best. Right. So is it right to say that you're much more narrow on which type of companies you work with? Or is that it is, is it that you see multiple and you've got a better grasp of what works universally? 
For sure. Uh, so when we first started, especially the outsource sales development side, we were taking kind of what we could get, right? We, we built the business off of inbound. So we get 50 to 60 leads every single month. And the majority of those we send to other agencies or just aren't a fit. So right now in our current state, 70% of our revenue comes from companies targeting HR. You know, by the end of this year, we hope that's closer to a hundred, but we're really focused in one niche and with specifically uh, specific specifically companies who are doing more complex B2B targeting the HR space. So, you know, what kind of companies, you know, look at your type of service? Like, is it more um, companies that are in the startup stage where they just, they can't afford to have it in house, they want to outsource it? Or where do you find that most of the clients looking for that, that outbound, because tons of companies are looking for it, um, yeah. would, would, be, would outbound view be useful for? We're really good for companies that have like two to 10 account executives. Like they've hired the people, they know how to close, they have product market fit. And now they're kind of making that decision. Do we build this internally or how do we keep feeding these guys who are spending all their time closing? So that's yeah. the, the maturity of their uh, prospecting function is the biggest determinant. So I've, I've worked with a couple of companies like this and seen it work in a few different ways. So. I imagine it's down to the nuances and who you target, but have you ever found it difficult to overcome if people say that I could do this in-house or, or that type of thing? Because in many ways, it's it's not scalable like a software is. So it's it's about humans and performance of humans. Yep. And, and you've got to have people who are, it's got to be worth it for them to have another company do it. So you've got to find people and, and have them perform over the odds and, and do very well quickly as well quite often so how how difficult is it to sell that type of commodity type of business if uh, if people have sort of there's a model to do it in-house but they maybe can't how difficult is it to explain that to them yep so i mean i'm very thankful how much time we spent on inbound up front because we can be pretty choosy about who we bring on and you know for the people who reach out to us, a lot of them shouldn't be outsourcing what they're doing, but you can tell the way that whether it's the CEO or the VP of sales kind of talks about prospecting, whether they're going to be able to handle it internally. You get the people who reach out and they say, we know this is incredibly difficult. I've seen it work and I've seen it fail. Like, that's why we want to try this. And then we get the people where their first question is, I can hire someone for 2,500 a month. And the second they say that, they just say, this probably isn't going to work. And if you think that's going to work, give them tools, give them data, give them a couple other things. Otherwise we'll be talking again in a few months. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I always love to ask, you know, other CEOs, and I know I've made tons of them in my, in my early days, but any mistakes you made in the last three and a half years that you can tell the audience, you know, as CEO, I'm sure you have plenty, um, any pivots you had to make or anything that really stands out that you think the audience can really learn from? Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is the mistakes. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of them. I think, uh, Ollie mentioned this a little upfront, but like I can be a good utility player across sales and marketing. If I need to close, I can, if we need to do this, I can. One of the, biggest growing pains we've had is me not defining roles for our team. Like uh, your exact role is this. 
mostly just because I'm a little bit naive to not everybody has done these things or knows how to do these things. So if you're a project manager, like you are doing this and uh, that has been painful. The, the second one is just going after shiny objects. Like yeah. if, if you know paid, if you know inbound and if you have a team that does outbound, you can say like, hey, next week we want to try and sell this. And then you run down this like, we tried this for a quarter and it didn't work thing versus just picking a lane and, and being patient. I mean, those are two of the most consistent that the, I get feedback on for my team internally of no, stop it. We're not doing that. When did you know that was a problem then? Because obviously it's, we don't mean to make mistakes. So at some point you realize it. What was the light bulb of, oh crap, you know, I've not, maybe this was fine for a certain period of time or a certain amount of headcount or whatever it was or, or revenue or clients. But when, when did that really, when did the penny drop and what did you have to do about it? Because presumably it means you need maybe extra people as well if all of the bases weren't covered in one way or another when you divided it. Yeah, I've known the chasing shiny objects thing about myself and I still know it. Like it's just a constant check-in, like this just happens. Uh, we really noticed it at like seven or eight employees as far as having very defined roles. Um, and we're not that much better. I mean, we're double that size now. We're not huge by any means, but we really started feeling the pain of like I was writing a job description and it looked like I was hiring, you know, someone who did sales, marketing, inbound, needed to be an expert. So like, there's nobody that, that can fit that role. Um, so but that's the point. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So I know on the, um, not on the side, but away from the focus of building outbound view as a company, you're quite into building little side tools, little extensions, add-ons types of things that they, they play into what you do, but they're not a fundamental product to do the whole thing. So I'm not sure what I'm asking, but how, where did you get started with that? You've got to have an idea from somewhere. Where did that come to you from? It's, um, not many people think, you know, I'm going to build something to help my company. Most people just think I'll buy that because it's there, but, but you've gone and built. So why, why did you get to that, that decision? I think I'm, I guess, old enough or worked across the different industries where I have like go-tos for design or development or people that I just know and trust and enjoy working with. And so, you know, like we had a data cleansing issue that we kept seeing I was like, we just should just build this little software to help us with it. And then we built this software. I was like, I don't think it's a serious enough software as a business, but we could make it a free lead gen tool. So we have like this tool where you can upload a list and it'll tell you everyone's LinkedIn profiles and it's free. And our internal team uses it all day, but like, I'm not making any money off it or anything like that. <laughs> uh, and we have the same thing on websites. Like it's constantly a pain trying to figure out the websites for companies. So we built a quick little tool. You upload a list, it has the company name, it'll tell you the website. Um, and so I think it's been a little bit of luck of some developers that I really enjoy working with, enjoy working with us as well. Um, and most of it just comes out of a need, like nobody else has this or we can't find it. So let's just build it quick. So there's one thing I want to kind of jump in. And I think this was, you know, everyone, obviously there was a, it was a turbulent year last year. You know, the, the sales in general, um, the outsourcing, 
How did it, how did the, the pandemic last year affect you guys and companies that were using you? Did you find it was tougher to get a hold of people because now people were working in offices, now they're working from home? Were they, you know, were they relying more on the channel of email? Because unless you had a direct number, the business phone lines weren't working. How did that affect your team and, and the results that you were providing for your clients? Yeah, we had a one month like, oh no, what's going to happen with the company? Where it's just like a couple of clients paused. We were small enough though, or we still are, that we were kind of insulated from it. Yeah. So we had the handful of clients that sold into healthcare that went nuts and the handful that dropped, right? So yeah. we didn't see a big revenue sh uh, shift. And we book about 80% of what we do over the phone. So uh, I would have been super concerned if we were an email only agency, um, you know, or a LinkedIn only agency. Yeah. But there, we also got super fortunate because a lot of the data partners got really good at cell phones during this period. Yeah. And so uh, we didn't see big drop-offs on okay. meetings unless it was industry specific. And we had a couple where it went the opposite way, but Part of that's just because of our size. I know, I you know, the outsource sales development world, there's, I talk with 10 of agency owners, right, on a regular basis. And they all kind of, it seemed like felt a little bit of the same thing, some in worse niches than others, though. Yeah. Right, okay. So I have one final question. I think Sean's got a couple. So what's next? What is next for Outbound View? Are you building something else? Another cool little tool that you can weave into your process or are you going to take one of them big uh, and make a almost like another company of it or sell it in a different way what what's the plan yep so i think our specialty at outbound view if you look at just things that we're really good at it's the inbound marketing getting enough leads so that we can pick who we want and the second is data like we are really good at data we have a team in the philippines um that has been there since day one and so we're building a platform uh, called Training View. We do a ton of work in the training space. That's a data place specifically for talent de uh, development and training. And this, this isn't going to be a little side, uh, side project. We're, we're really trying to kind of scale it up. So we'll, we'll be in prospecting and data, and we'll start with training and talent development. But we're building the full platform and the data partners and everything to be able to go other places. Perfect. Well, uh, let's uh, wrap things up. But before we do, Blake, I have one last question for you. Uh, where do you self-educate yourself? Do you listen to podcasts, read books? If so, which is your favorite? So I love the idea of reading books. Like my wife gets so annoyed at the amount of books that show up and then they just kind of sit there and then I read on vacation. So uh, uh, books and podcasts are the two, two places that I spend the most time, but I would prefer it was books if I can find more time. <laughs> perfect well uh listen like thank you so much for joining us today this has been an absolute blast and also thank you for everybody listening today if you enjoyed the show with blake don't forget to give us a five-star review wherever you're listening from in the world um and subscribe so you don't miss the next show thank you so much and once again blake see you soon thanks for having me